You're listening to the Podcast Detroit Network. Visit www.podcastdetroit.com for more information. Welcome back to Shadow History. I'm Stephanie. I'm the color man, Big Dev. Tee I'm Calvin. And I'm Dave. And we're back. Woo-hoo. We are. Yay. <laughs> another another week of fun. Oh, look, you guys. There's Alia. You can see yeah. her in my camera. Oh, yeah. Wandering around. Off in the background. Look at it. Look at him. Kind of she dog sniff- is that. She sniffs everything. She's a, um, a hound. So she's like, uh, she'll walk around and sniff everything like 80 times. Is this food? Anyway. Is this food? 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 Food? Did you just eat food? Can I lick your face? Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Pretty much. Oh, she'll she will try to stick her tongue in your mouth after you've eaten something. Oh, well, she's getting fresh with you. Nice. She does. Right. She tries to, but we've learned to not allow it because it's disgusting. You just have to yeah. go no. Yeah, and, anyway, and, and probably morally wrong somewhere. Somewhere. <laughs> well, if you enjoy it, then yeah. <laughs> it's definitely morally wrong. But it's okay because it's your anyway. dog. Yeah. <laughs> uh, today, Kelvin is going to be the historian. What are we talking Wait. about today, Kelvin? Oh, oh, I, I'm the historian this episode. Oh, crap. Hold on. Hold on. <laughs> God, I, I knew I had all week to work on this. It's like a project. No, I'm just kidding. Um, so I am <laughs> I'm going to be talking today about uh, a man by the name of James Abram Garfield, former president of the United States. James Ah. A. Garfield. Yeah. Mainly because I like his last name, Garfield. I liked the cartoon growing up. I thought it was cool. So I was like, I bet this president did some good things. So another episode full of cheese because we have lasagna references. We do. We do have (laughs) lasagna references now. Um. Yeah, so uh, you guys know my love for, for American presidents. Uh, before, we, before we do anything, I, I actually went and grabbed a shot. Oh, okay. Yeah, I got a shot, too. So I I, I went and before grabbed. We can start uh, with the history. So this yeah. is the. Uh, I, I've had five different bourbons uh, merging in an oak barrel for oh, yeah. a, almost a year now. Um, Ooh. And, and, and so it, it was time for a taste test. All right. Okay. I got Coppercraft rye whiskey. So we'll see how it goes. Ooh, I like that. (laughs) Ooh, I like that. That is so smooth. (laughs) That was much better than the wicked pickle. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, What what did you have, Dev? The Papa's Pilar Mar. Maraquesa blend, uh, dark rum. It's aged in bourbon barrels. Ooh, it's so good, so good. Nice. That's a very, very nice. nice. <laughs> All right, Cal, you're up. Let's do this. All right, so <clears throat> James Abram Garfield. The year was eighteen thirty-two. <laughs> Some things happened in that year. In a world. (laughs) One of those things was James A. Garfield entered into the world and was like, one day I'm going to be president. And he accomplished that. That's it. Thank you for (laughs) being into my TED Talk. (laughs) No, that's that's going to be... Yeah, that's basically kind of what it was because uh, his his presidency ends up getting cut short. I think he's a, he's the second president to be assassinated, actually. Um, but so yeah, so James A. Garfield was kind of known as uh, 
I guess he was the last log cabin president. So most people, when they think of, you know, log cabin president, most people think Abraham Lincoln, of course. Uh, but uh, James A. Garfield, it was basically log cabin president was kind of a series of presidents just because that was what they were associated with being born into. It was like being born into poverty is kind of what that was talking about uh, and working themselves up through, um, you know, through life. Very unexpected that they would ever become president. That's kind of the the whole idea. It's like they're working themselves up from poverty. That's what they meant by log cabin president, essentially, uh, rather than having a political dynasty or anything like that, right? Yeah, like um, whereas nowadays, you know, that's just like almost not a possibility right, for somebody. Right. It, it's, I mean, it does happen rarely, but I mean, yeah, it's really a tough thing to make happen. I think happen. Uh, that was the story that they tried to portray, and and it wasn't a bad portrayal. Both the uh, both Clinton and uh, and Obama had similar stories. Neither of them were born into poverty, but they were born into situations uh, from which you would not expect them to become president, at least in this day and age. Um, mm-hmm. but Clinton Clinton did grow up poor, I guess. So, yeah, James A. Garfield, he was born into uh, poverty in, in rural Ohio, um, but, you know, pretty resourceful. Uh, he ended up becoming a, a self-made teacher. He became a lawyer. Uh, he was a college president by the time that he was 26 years old. Uh, he was an army general by the time he was 30. So this guy accomplished uh, quite a bit. And then, of course, all of this before he became uh, a politician and, and finally uh, president. Pretty tall guy. Uh, six feet tall, uh, full beard, because that's uh, back when presidents had beards. If you notice, none of our presidents tend to have beards now. They're all pretty clean shaven guys. Um, and outspoken, outspoken champion uh, for the e- emancipated slaves. So um, what, what, what can I say about this guy? So uh, he was born to a struggling father. His father died after fighting a forest fire that got too close to their home. So the dad went out, um, the, the fire was encroaching on their cabin. Uh, he fought the fire all day, uh, came in to, to go to sleep and essentially, uh, never woke up. So yeah, kind of a, you know, sad story. So, um, that means that his mother was then left to, uh, to raise him. Right. Uh, and so they've got this farm, the mom, uh, pretty resourceful at the time, she ends up selling off parts of the farm to kind of keep the family all together. Because at this point, hey, you know what? Um, you don't have means to keep everyone together. A lot of parents would farm their kids out. Hey, you know, it'll be a better life if you go apprentice with this company or apprentice with this pe- these people or go live with this family because they'll be able to take care of you. Uh, so his mom didn't want to do that. So she just kind of sublet the farm, sold off pieces of the farm, and was able to to keep the the family together and raise them uh, in the Ohio wilderness. So at uh, 16 years old, uh, Garfield sets off to uh, to work on the Erie and Ohio Canal. His father had actually helped build the Erie and Ohio Canal. So he goes off. He catches malaria, so he co- he goes back home. And his mom basically insists that he uh, he enrolls in a in a small school called the Western Reserve Eclectic Institute. Uh, it was a school founded by the a denomination known as the Disciples of Christ, uh, but it was the, it was actually founded as a secular school. Uh, this would huh. later become known as Hiram Eclectic, uh, and then it's now known as Hiram College. 
right? So uh, he worked there as a school janitor, though, to kind of pay his way through, uh, to, to pay his way through, right? You know, uh, basically that that uh, work study program. When I was in college, I worked my, you know, I worked my way through. I still owe a lot of student loans, uh, but uh, uh, to to kind of not have to pay, take out as much. I worked in the cafeteria. Right. So same, same kind of deal. He worked as a janitor. Uh, he found out that he was naturally gifted as a student. Uh, and oh my God, this is goodwill hunting. <laughs> yeah. You like apples? <laughs> I got a number. How do you like them apples? Yep. Uh, so no, uh, he got wrong accent. He's in Ohio. He's like, do you like apples? <laughs> I got a number. I like them apples. <laughs> That, that was a good accent. Best. I like it. Yeah, yeah. Southern accent. Is I was going to I don't know that it's Ohio, but cool. Southern, <laughs> Southern Ohio. Southern there Ohio might as well be the South. It's a very Southern accent down there, and a lot of Chick Fil A's. Uh, anyhow, <laughs> so uh, he he immediately takes to classics. Like uh, he, he he takes to the classics, and he takes to to math. Uh, so ends up being pretty proficient. He ends up uh, rising through the ranks. You, I, I guess I would have never thought this was one of the ranks. He rises through the ranks from janitor <laughs> to assistant teacher <laughs> at the school. <laughs> like, wait. I mean, that seems That's... like a, that seems like two paths that are not connected. I know. Right. Janitors on the ladder? <laughs> like, <laughs> like, you're really good at mopping floors and shit. So we need you to be an assistant teacher. I mean, you're so good. But I, I guess they, bucket, dude. yeah. I guess they noticed that he was such a good student and um, you know acclimated really, really well that that's what they paced him. And he was you know solving all those equations when the teacher wasn't in the room on the blackboard. So I mean that was uh-huh. there was that yeah. yeah. Um. So he ends up getting accepted to Williams College in 1854. Uh, Williams College is out in Massachusetts. Uh, he graduated with honors after just two years. There for two years and graduated. I don't know if schools were four years back then, but um, he graduated with honors in two years. Uh, and so then he goes back to the Eclectic Institute in Ohio. And by the time he's 26, he then becomes the school's president. So started off as a janitor, started at the bottom. Now we here. There you go. There's a little drape for your ass. Um, so. But only for your ass, not for the yeah, rest of you. Not for the rest of you at all. <laughs> so he's. Your ass. He's the president of the school. He's running the school. Um, and the senator from Ohio, one of the state senators, dies. And so Garfield is then asked to take his place. So I'm guessing as the president of a college, he's obviously probably rubbing elbows with, you know, with politicians at this point. He's knowing, you know, the elite people in society, um, you know, probably asking, you know, for donations and things like that, just like school presidents have always done. So uh, he's asked to become a senator. And in 1859, he joined the anti-slavery contingent in the Ohio State Senate. Uh, After Fort Sumter, he volunteered for the Ohio militia and he became a lieutenant colonel. Uh, Didn't have a lot of experience, but he won some battles, which uh, made him pretty popular. Um, But he also said, you know, basically he got PTSD being out on the field. He was like, it took something out of me. It really took something out of me seeing all the war dead. Um, Something that just went out of him and never came back. So he hmm. kind of returned from war, a different person. Aw. Well, I mean, yeah. that, that, that's really common, though. I mean, you're exposed to things that you haven't really been exposed to, and it's just, it's such a shock that, I mean, that's why so many soldiers come back and they're not the same. Yeah. So, um, but because he was successful, he's promoted to major general. 
uh, and then he he's rewarded back home with election to the House from Ohio in 1863. So uh, he becomes basically the um, uh, what's her name Alexandria Ocasio Cortez of his day. He is the most radical. He's the most radical of the radical Republicans. Now, remember, obviously, the the party the party switched pretty much mm-hmm. uh, after uh, after Kennedy, but the anti slavery party uh, were the Republicans, and so he's the most radical. Uh, and he only reluctantly endorsed Lincoln for his second term mm. as, as president because he's like, look, he's not radical enough. He's not radical enough on this issue. Um, so uh, he um, he ends up. Uh, serving as a member of the controversial electoral commission that decided the 1876 election uh, in favor of Rutherford B. Hayes, who was also from Ohio. Uh, but when Hayes said that he was going to leave office after one term, uh, the Republicans met in Chicago in 1880. Uh, and basically Chicago at this point had kind of emerged as a metropolis before it was kind of a backwater town. They had a huge fire, uh, in 1871, but after that fire in 1871, they kind of rose from the ashes, kind of like Detroit did after their fire. Um, so uh, the the Republican Party had dominated the presidency at this point since 1860, um, but it was a divided party at this point. Basically, the rift was over reform of government corruption, over uh, basically over nepotism and uh, campaign finance. Contributions? No, not in our federal government. Yeah, it is never. Uh, it was ba- basically <laughs> something called the boss system, in which powerful politicians controlled patronage jobs, in which uh, you know, in, in with them large blocks of votes. So, like, hey, you know, you give me money, you'll get this cushy job, and yep. I can guarantee you'll get all these votes, right? So that was called no. the boss system. That sounds so un-American. <laughs> it it does. It sounds so strange. Like I, I would have never thought that that would happen in, in American history. So um, he, he rises to power uh, in, in a time where there are two groups within the Republican Party, uh, and one group is called the Stalwarts, and the other group is called the Half-Breeds. Um, there's nice. little known, there's a okay. little, little known third group called the Half-Blood Prince, but, you know, we're, we're going to talk about them. <laughs> so... Um, so here, so the Republican Party were they were they um, wizards with cheese? They were wizards with cheese. <laughs> running what, what do you call it? The tech, not taxonomy. That's that's when you. No, I don't. I don't know what the word was. Um, but, oh, for 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 cheese divination. Yeah, cheese divination. Um, absolutely. So the Republicans are just dominating politics at this point. Tyromancy. Uh, they they've got uh, yeah. There we go. Uh, they've got a near monopoly on control of the federal government. Um, basically. They had control for so long uh, that it basically it left political power entrenched in the hands of a few men. Right. So these men were called bosses in the political vernacular of of the day. So by the late 19th century, you got two Republican camps, the stalwarts, um, mostly the bosses who were determined to defend the the spoils system in Washington uh, and a group of reformers known as half-breeds. And so the division between the two wings was over more than than policy. It was basically it was it was personal. The the guy who ran the stalwarts, uh, he was a guy by the name of Roscoe Conkling, the senator. Um, he was also called Boss Conkling. Uh, 
Uh, and, <clears throat> and so uh, he headed up the stalwarts. And then there was another guy uh, named Senator James Blaine. He was called the Magnetic Man from Maine, and he led uh, the half-breeds. Was he an X-Men? He was. He absolutely was. <laughs> It's like we are the future, Charles, not them. <laughs> I was, I was just, I, maybe he was the first Magneto. I, you know. He puts his hands up in the air. A bunch of police cars go flying up in the sky, and he brings them down. And <laughs> you know how it is. Um, so, okay. So, uh, Boss Conkling wants Ulysses S. Grant in the 1880 election uh, to to get the party's nomination. Right? Uh, Grant is basically the leading candidate. Uh, he's got Conkling's backing. Uh, and there were some controversies uh, during Grant's two terms, but he he was so popular that he was going to try to undo the precedent set by George Washington and try to win a third term. Wow. Well, because yeah, because yeah, it was because well, from a historic <laughs> no, from a historical perspective, it was up until FDR. You know, yep. you know, years later, it there was nothing that said they couldn't. Yeah, it was not right. in the Constitution. It was not into the. It wasn't in the Constitution until after FDR. Um, but yeah, so but the precedent was set. So the gentleman's the precedent for the president. Yeah, the precedent for the president. Uh, the <laughs> yeah. So basically, that's what, that what ended up happening. Ended up happening. Um, and so there's convention battle ba- balloting. Same thing that goes on today. Um, heated, noisy, cantankerous. Uh, people putting names in. Somehow, James Garfield's name gets floated. James Garfield had actually promoted someone else to become the nominee. But James Garfield ended up getting the nomination because he was a he was a good enough middleman that both the stalwarts and the half-breeds agreed on him getting the nomination even though he hadn't run. And that's the ringing endorsement that you really want, which is eh, he's good enough. <laughs> All right. Good enough. Oh, it'll work. He won't piss um, off. I feel I feel like I feel like we just saw that happen. You know what? He's good enough, and he's not the other guy, so cool. <laughs> now, um, part of the deal, though, was that the stalwarts would get Chester A. Arthur as Garfield's running mate, right? So basically, um, Boss Conkling would still wield power because uh, Chester A. Arthur was his puppet and then would have the ear of, of, of Garfield. So uh, basically... Arthur didn't even have any uh, political experience. So if we think electing someone who has no political experience is a new thing, it's not. Um, he just wasn't, he just wasn't as inept as the last guy <laughs> that we just most recently yeah. had. Um, so uh, basically his, his biggest job was actually serving as a collector of customs for the, for the port of New York. So he had some experience, just not political. Um, so uh, Garfield wins the presidency. Right, seventy-eight uh, percent turnout. Well, okay. So, question: because mm-hmm. one of the things I read says uh, he's actually the only sitting member of the House of Representatives to be elected to the presidency. That's correct. So he's—I mean—he's got a little experience, not a ton, but he's, yeah. Wait, are we talking about Arthur? Or are we talking about Garfield? Garfield. Oh, I was talking about Arthur. Oh, sorry, my bad. Go ahead, carry on. Make, yeah, yeah. Uh, Arthur didn't have political experience, but they made him vice president. Yeah, Garfield. Uh, so here's yeah, that's the interesting thing about Garfield. So Garfield is the only member of the House of Representatives to ever become president of the United States. Uh, also, uh, he was senator elect 
when he won the presidency. So he was senator-elect and president-elect at the same time. Ballin! Yeah, obviously he didn't become a senator. He became the president. But it was just kind of an interesting thing uh, that he won two elections at the same time. Uh, he didn't. He wasn't wildly popular. He's just kind of a, a middling uh, guy. He won. He barely won the popular vote, but he did win the electoral college, which is basically how you win the presidency. Mm-hmm. So. Mm-hmm. Now, when it when it comes to Garfield, though, he here's one of the things that happened. So Conkling, uh, boss Conkling, wanted Arthur you know, Chester A. Arthur to be the vice president uh, so that he can kind of control Garfield. That ended up backfiring on him. Uh, and uh, James Garfield was actually able to wrest power away from Conkling, and the boss system essentially died under the Garfield presidency. But the Garfield presidency didn't last very long. It didn't last very long um, because he was actually uh, leaving Washington by train uh, to visit Williams College uh, when a man by the name of Charles Gitu fired two shots, uh, hit Garfield in the arm in the back, and get you as political assassination. Hey, he, he shouted, I am a stalwart. Arthur is now president. Arthur is now president. Wow. So um, the, uh, the physicians that worked on, uh, on Garfield couldn't find the bullet. Um, x-rays didn't exist at the time. The doctors were actually digging into uh, Garfield's oh. body with their bare hands. Trying, trying to find, uh, trying to find the bullet. Uh, there was a guy. That's nice uh, and sanitary. Yeah, yeah. There was a British uh, physician, interestingly enough, by the name of Joseph Lister, who had suggested that doctors and nurses should wash their hands before performing surgery. But Lister was considered a crackpot for his suggestions. Um, Let me just dig around in this guy's body, but I have not washed my hands in about a week. So yeah, uh, and here Alexander Graham Bell becomes part of the story. He had invented something called um, the induction balance. Uh, it was a primitive metal detector, hmm. uh, and so he used that to try to find the bullet that was lodged uh, inside Garfield's body. Uh, unfortunately, Garfield was laying on a bed that had bed springs in it, which threw off. <laughs> metal bed springs which threw off the the reading so meanwhile the doctors oh, are digging around in his body uh garfield ends up dying of sepsis of course he <laughs> did yeah think up. so uh yeah so he <laughs> he died Sheep. he died yeah, and um, then he died yeah <laughs> so uh yeah garfield dies before his presidency could really be graded he, he had a you know an unfinished presidency um but how long, how long was he in office before he was assassinated Ooh, four that's months. A good question. I should. I should have. I should have looked that up. Four months. Four months. Four months. Yeah. So not that long. Four months. That long. Oh wow. Four months. He really. He was barely president. Second. Second shortest presidency. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Well, and we've already talked about the first shortest one before. So. Yes. Um. So now here's the deal. So his assassin had been to the White House several times. Um. Back then, you know, the White House was called the People's House. People could go to the White House. And was he wearing like a big buffalo helmet with like horns and stuff? No, he was not. No. He was not. Uh, but he might as well have been in the end, right? Um, right. So he went to the White House several times. His uh, his assassin had, had been there, uh, hoping to get a diplomatic post in Europe, right? Despite his lack of credentials, he's like, "Hey, hey, look, this guy Chester Arthur is president. He ain't got no experience." How come I can't get an experience? You know, how come I can't get a job? Um, so he is executed in uh, 
Uh, he's executed in 1882. The assassin, yeah. Yeah, the assassin. Yeah, as he should um, be. But he may have he may have been what spurred Congress to act on one of Garfield's key goals, which was civil service reform. So he ran on civil service reform. So in eighteen eighty, can I just say something though? It sounded like you said Kegels. Did I say Kegels? I'm thinking about I'm thinking about other things. He said Kegels. 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 I'm just saying. Yes. So, uh, 1883, Congress ends up passing what's known as the. Penalty. I mean, and for those of you listening at home, Calvin has kept his camera off this entire recording episode, so we have no idea what the hell's going on over there. <laughs> yep. <laughs> hold on, hold on. I'm almost finished. I'm almost finished. <laughs> no, uh, so they they passed the Pendleton Act, uh, which was intended to do away with the spoil system, so that boss system we talked about of awarding jobs in return for uh, political contributions. So. Uh, basically it initially covered uh, a small number of federal positions, uh, but the act led to civil service exams and the creation of a civil service commission, uh, to manage the civil service. And that is now to this day known as the office of personnel management. So that's still oh. around to this day. Uh, but that's it. Yeah. That's uh, that's James A. Garfield. So uh, I, uh, I got, I got, a, I got a couple interesting facts for you. Gotcha. Uh, he was the first president to be left-handed. Yeah, uh, okay. he, he was also the first president to die before reaching the age of 50. OK. And then interestingly enough, uh, he was also the first president to deliver a campaign speech that wasn't in English. Hmm. Really? Huh. OK. Things I didn't things I didn't research. What, what language was it in? Uh, so he was multilingual. Uh, and that is, I am scrolling, I am scrolling, I am trying to find out really quickly. Uh, left-handed, da 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 Okay, it's all right. We'll keep talking while you look. Now, here's the deal. He was shot in July, July 2nd. He died September 19th. Oh, interestingly enough, wow. Greek. Oh, that's Okay. All right. Yeah. So that yeah, that was the thing. He was shot at the four month mark and died two months later. That's rough. That's, that's rough. Um, a lot of suffering to be put through yeah. before you die. Yeah, Ugh. that's terrible. But but yeah, so that's uh, that's James A. Garfield. Got some fun facts there at the end. Thanks, Dave. Um, but yeah, that's all I got. That's all I got today. All right. Cool. Enjoyed awesome. that, that presidential episode. There you go. Woohoo! <laughs> all right. Well, then I guess it's time to. Pop out the plugs. Go ahead, Cal. Uh, you can uh, find my other show, Leading Questions with Calvin Moore, on the Podcast Detroit Network and wherever else you uh, you listen to podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, uh, formerly SoundCloud. I guess we're uh, we're migrating away from that. Um, but, uh, yeah. Great cool. Show. Uh, and then I'll go uh, with that. I mean, obviously, so Podcast Detroit, all the things. Um, we are at PodcastDetroit.com. We are Podcast Detroit on the Instagrams and the Facebooks and the Twitters and the places and the things. Um, we have uh, our studios are back open. Uh, we would love to help you get something launched. Come have fun. Uh, Source Point, Deepwater Games, N3R, Oxide Media, all that fun shit that I'm involved with. Uh Thanks to Ben Goldsmith for our intro music. And as always, fuck Steve. And fuck <laughs> Jefferson. And fuck Jefferson, yeah. Um, and uh, check out Cafe Macabre 2. Uh, it'll be coming out on Kickstarter April 7th, I do believe. It's a uh, horror compilation. 13 female writers, 13 female artists, all horror. Uh, I'm 
have the pleasure of being a part of it. And I'm really excited to share it with everybody. So go ahead and check that out. April 7th on Kickstarter. And that is it for today, you guys. Thank you so much for listening to Shot of History. And until next time, I'm Stephanie. I'm the Color Man Big Dev. I'm Calvin. And I'm Dave.